Wolf and Luke. Who are you? Uh, okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witchbuster extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Live from the auction community studios on this Tuesday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke Show. Wolf, how are you? I'm doing uh, okay, Luke. How are you doing? (laughs) No way you hit the panic button right there. Are you kidding me right now? Why would you hit the panic button? No, Luke? no I'm not. I'm not there. All right, yet. you did it. You just wanted to go ahead and hit it. Just well, I because thought you were going to hit yours. Too. There are a lot of people out there panicking. Isn't that what you're saying, Luke? That one's a lot louder than the one I have over here. Yeah, I know. Maybe well, your you batteries are my, dying. That's probably true. I did leave it in my car. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it right there. I'm going to hit it one of these times. It's just going to say, help me. It's not even going to say panic alert. Uh, look, a missed opportunity for the Suns last night and, and a big one. And, you know, I don't want to get to the point at the end of the series, hey, you know, the Suns are figuring it out. They're starting to get a rotation. And, you know, they're, they're figuring DA's playing better. Oh, but the series is over and they lost. Like, okay, it, it doesn't matter if you get better yeah. if you don't pick up wins along the way. This is the playoffs. This is not February. I know. No, that was, that was such a disappointment right there. The Suns played so much better than they did in game one, and they still lost the game. They just lost. It differently. Game one, of course, they were never really in that game after the first quarter. They were never really in that game. It got really sideways on them in the second quarter, and then we all know what happened after that. This game, there it was. It was a tight game. It was contested going into the fourth quarter. They lost it there. To me, I, I don't know which one is more damaging inside that locker room, which game does more damage, but right now they're 0-2 and they're Coming back here, the Denver Nuggets, they held serve. And now it's time for the Suns to do the same thing in games three and four. Well, you know, to answer your, your, your first part of that question, after the first game, it looked like there was at least a, a sliver of thought of like, are they just overmatched? Is, is Denver, is Denver going to be able to do things that they don't have the pieces to do? I don't feel that way at all after last night's game. Jamal Murray disappeared for half the game. And, and that oh, was that because. Was so bizarre, wasn't but, it? But, I mean, look, and I know people are upset Ice at money, cold. but you got to give them some credit for, for making certain adjustments. And they made adjustments. They got. Denver, Denver had their first offensive rebound in the third quarter of the game. The Suns shut down Jamal Murray. I know some of it was he couldn't hit shots, but like KD couldn't hit shots. He still scored in the 20s. Um, But at the end of the day... It's still a loss, and you only get three of them. You know, if this were if this were the regular season, and and they were playing Denver a couple times in a row, I'd be encouraged because they made adjustments and they're clearly getting better. But the question is, do they have enough time to keep getting better? Yeah, they do have enough time to keep getting better. They've got to start in game three and game four. They've got to hold serve. They've got to make this. They have to partition their brain base and earnings. They really do. As a professional athlete, it's the psychology of sports that I love the most. It really is. And this is exactly what the Phoenix Suns need to do. Their leadership needs to speak it. They need to model it. They need to go out and perform and execute and do it. Game three on Friday night. You have to partition your brain. You have to say, we need to hold serve just like they did. 
just like the Nuggets did up there in Denver. We need to win two, make it a 2-2 series all over again, then it's the best out of three. There you have it right there. That is the way to partition this and think about it and go out and do your job. And if they do that, they're going to be okay. If they don't do that, if they think, you know what, um, we've got Katie and Book, we're going to be fine, they're in trouble. Well, they're asking too much of these guys. And I understand you traded for Kevin Durant and you gave up a lot to get him, so you don't expect 10 of 27 from him. I would say this, though. Kevin Durant doesn't have games like that very often. So I'm not worried about KD in Game 3 at all. There seems to be this thought of, like, well, they have no bench because they gave up everything for Kevin Durant. They didn't have a bench at the start of the season. There are elements to this. I get it. Like, KD didn't come through last night, and he typically does. But... The, the bench and not having enough depth is a separate thing. Everything the Suns gave up for KD, those draft picks weren't going to help you this year. Jay Crowder wasn't playing. He wasn't even playing for Milwaukee by the end of the year. So you gave up for this year, Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson. Those guys couldn't save you last night either. They played good defense. You can't get four points in 71 minutes off the bench. You have to get something <laughs> off the bench. Because to me so now, bad. Wolf, there's two different conversations. There's the, can they come back and win and win the series? Yeah, they absolutely can. Are they a championship team? They sure don't look like it right now. No. To me, that's a different conversation. Yeah, they, they don't look like it right now. How could they look like it right now? After how they lost game one and then how they lost game two. Completely disparate ways in which they did that. They got blown out, as, as I said, in game one and then there it is game two came down to the fourth quarter and guess what that's when the denver nuggets flexed in the fourth quarter and won the game that's why it's a little disconcerting right now at least to us but to those guys in the locker room right now they've got a clear path man it's going to be hard look it's it's going to be hard it's supposed to be hard this is difficult this is a wake-up call opportunity i think for the suns yeah you were 12 and 1 with kd get over it Stop thinking about it. Forget forget about that. It's time it's time for every guy inside that locker room to pick it up, man. Pick it up. Pick up those bootstraps, so to speak, and walk through it. Do it the right way. They're gonna have the opportunity to do this is where you get tested. I you know, it's one of the things I loved competing in the game of football it was so in your face getting contested. It was so in your face. You, you, you were you were literally getting driven into the ground, and this is metaphorically what the Suns are going to have to face going forward. It's the mental game. They've got to win first, base it only. They have to win the mental game first, knowing, okay, the Nuggets did what they had to do. They held serve. Now it's our turn to do the exact same thing. It's a wake-up call. Let's see if they respond. Well, that's it. It's, it's all about being tested, right? Because this is their eighth playoff series in the last three years, right? This, what's wrong? What are you doing I just... I had baloney. I oh. did, Mal, of course, ladies and gentlemen, as we all know. Mal came in. Uh, Mal adjusted, of course. Uh, came in and said to me during the middle of it, everything you want is on the other side of heart. Well, Ever since I've been here, we talked about everything you want is on the other side of heart. This is hard. This is freaking hard. It's the way it should be. So here's so what are you going to do about it? Let's go. This is their eighth playoff series in the last three years. Okay? Now, just follow me here for a second. Against the Lakers in the first round in 2021, they lost two in a row and then came back and won the series. Right. Every other time they've lost two in a row, they've just gone right out of the playoffs. 
So they go out of the playoffs that first year. They lose two in a row to Milwaukee, and their response is to lose the next two and just be done. Last year against Dallas, they're up, they're up 2-0 in the series. They lose two, and they end up losing four out of five. So they need to push back. They need, and I don't know who that's The entire a, paradigm's different with KD, though. It don't is. You agree? But it's, it's different. It's different with KD, but if you're a Suns fan, you're watching and you're like, well, the last two years when they started <laughs> to stumble, they just bowed out. Yeah, but just, you know what, the, the good news for Suns fans is the players aren't going to be thinking like the Suns fans. <laughs> See how different that is right there? That's the good thing. For Suns fans, you might be thinking that, but the players inside that locker room aren't going to be uh, thinking Well, I'm that. saying that they need to respond. And, I, and last night was, they looked like... Like they did respond, they just couldn't hit some shots, that, and, and that's, that's a different the thing. The worst thing about it—that is the worst thing about last night to me—they came out and they were ready to play. They came out and they were ready. The resolve was there. They came out with the requisite intensity level needed to win that game, and they carried it through. In the fourth quarter, the Nuggets just played better than the Suns. And that was disconcerting. Well, they definitely shot better, but I think D.A. played a much better game. Much you better. You don't know how anybody can have a knock on Devin Booker when you realize he's doing three people's jobs right now. Um, and KD couldn't hit shots. KD was and, ice. And, and, and that's, that is not something, if you play that game ten times and you get it to a point where it's, okay, we just need Kevin Durant to make some shots. It's like playing poker and you have pocket aces. You're going to win more often than not, but the Suns just happen to lose last night and they need the win <laughs> like they don't have time to play out the averages here it's a small sample size in the playoffs score the hottest ticket in town sun's playoff tickets just text ticket 62620 register and listen for your name starting tomorrow during the 7 a.m noon and five o'clock hours for your chance to qualify for tickets to see the suns take on the denver nuggets that's ticket to 62620 all right we come back what was the biggest disappointment in game two between the suns and nuggets we're going to ask our own phoenix suns guru kellen olson he will join us next it's wolf and luke on arizona sports the local sports leader. I can see you out there, Kevin. I've talked to like 19 basketball people in three hours. Arizona Sports. Our son's mega mind, Kellen Olsen, joining Wolf and Luke to talk about the Phoenix Suns. Now... Yeah, Kellen Olsen was there last night. He was there for Game 1 as well, and he joins us on the Arizona Sports Line right now. Kellen, this is the time of year when you don't sleep. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, anxiously pacing around the airport, hoping no one stares at me right now while I'm on the phone. How are you guys? (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing doing well. I don't Um, know about Luke, but I'm doing well. Thank you, Killer. Oh, that's good to hear. I got a, I got a laugh out of one guy who when I said that, so that was good. That's, that's <laughs> well. I was just trying to figure out how we're going to fill the rest so of the segment if you get hauled away or something because people are like, "Hey, what's that guy's problem?" All right, let's um, let's start here, Kellen. And I know you brought this up uh, after the game, and and I think it was on a lot of people's minds. Last night felt like the Suns all looked at Devin Booker and said, uh, "Hey, you do it." And that's not supposed to be the case anymore. That was supposed to not be the case as of like two or three years ago, but especially now with KD. How do we get back to this point? Uh, I think it kind of unfortunately goes back to the conversations we were having when Durant tweaked his ankle and just how much time was going to be enough time for them to establish continuity and chemistry because once once Denver kind of threw in that wrinkle of switching the matchups a little bit to stall out their offense, they just couldn't really recover from there. And then it turned back into your turn, my turn, and a lot of the time it was Book's turn, and it should be because he understands the offense better than Duran at this stage, like quite obviously with him being a system player and all that kind of stuff. And the thing that really screwed them with Paul's injury is that Chris was really the one 
manufacturing a lot of the movement that was happening, a lot of the passes to the second side, a lot of the offense that we're just used to seeing. And so once he got hurt, it turned into, hey, Devin, can you play point guard and then also guard Jamal Murray, please? And yeah, the the whole rant that I had last night was just like, I can't, I can't really understand how we're still here because I watched him do it five years ago when they won 19 games and he averaged like 27, 5, and 7 on 49% shooting but only won 19 games and now he's putting up similar statistics on far better teams <laughs> but on the court it still kind of looks like more or less the same thing where he's having to do everything and he's doing even more defensively now too so it's just um, hard to believe that we're not, not back to this point because we never really left somehow. So, Killer, there are two types of people in the world this morning. Those that believe the Suns are in trouble and those that believe the Suns are not in trouble. What do you believe? Uh, they're, they're in trouble unless we get good news on Chris Paul's injury. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what the reports come back on. But the thing that makes me more pessimistic about it is that even if he comes back, I think that he's not going to be 100% in some way just based on what we've seen from the last two postseasons when he does come back from injury. Now in the regular season, he's taking his time. He's gotten back to 100%. taking him a little bit of time to get back to himself, but he's at 100%. But I, don't, I think if he comes back and he plays, he's not going to be at 100%. So now that is going to require you to get masterful Kevin Durant or Devin Booker and maybe both, and then you're going to need 2021 playoff aid to go with it because right now no one else has been stepping up. I mean, they got a really good Damian Lee game last night. I thought that he was terrific, but he's the, the shooter on the team, and he missed all three of his threes, so it's like he played really, really well, but the one thing that he's out there for value more than anything, he couldn't deliver on, and it was just another game where they just weren't getting many contributions from other guys. And the way the team is designed right now is for that to be okay because they've got four really, really good players. And if all four of them play to the standard that they should, they're not going to lose to anyone. But now when one of them goes away, gets hurt, disappears in the game, whatever, it just puts them in such a bind, especially with how good Denver is. I don't know how you guys feel after two games, but I'm incredibly impressed by them. I expected high things coming into the series, but they've been as advertised and even more. We're talking to Kellen Olson. Kellen, I want to stick with the Chris Paul thing for a second because I, I think that's one of the most frustrating parts of all this for Suns fans. Like, you know, stuff happens in the playoffs. You can't control for everything. But what exactly was their plan if Chris Paul got hurt? Because it seems like it's campaign, but then at times it seems like they don't trust campaign. And, and maybe this is more of a bigger picture question of, you know, what's going to be the plan going forward, too? Yeah, I don't know about the latter. I think that's another conversation for another day, honestly. But in terms of the present, I, I do think it's campaign. But the problem is that it, it just really goes back to Durant like tweaking his ankle because if they would have just had 25 games, 20 games with their rotation and their clear-cut eight or nine guys, Cam was hurt in that process as well, though. And then Shannon was hurt in that process, too. They just couldn't get healthy enough at the right time to at least have a rhythm for any part of their rotation, not even the starters, not even the reserves, nothing. So I, I think it would have been campaign coming into the series as the first guard off the bench, but he missed a lot of time, and, and Monty didn't want to give the time to someone in that kind of situation. So it's it's a really tough situation. We've seen campaign do this before, but it's a lot to put on his shoulders to expect him to be anywhere as good as he was two years ago for those two games in the Western Conference Finals. So, Killer, to me at least, KD, KD was bad. 10 of 27, 2 of 12. I think he'd probably tell you that himself. But as you were watching him, was it more what Denver was doing or what more what KD was doing? More what he was doing, for sure. I, I think that two things can be true. I think Aaron Gordon played good defense on him, and I think that good defense doesn't matter against Kevin Durant. I don't think it does. Um, but the way that I talked about it last night and kind of wrote about it is that 
we haven't really seen Kevin Durant yet, like the Kevin Durant that I've been hyping up for months, the Kevin Durant that we've been used to seeing for the last 10, 12 years, especially as a playoff performer. I thought last night, like the bare minimum for him should have been 40 with the way that he had it going in terms of getting to his shots, the way the ball was finding him. Like it should have been 50. He should have taken 35 shots, honestly. And it just didn't get there. The shots weren't going in two of 12 from three for one of the greatest three point shooters of all time on pretty good looks. The Suns themselves shot one of 12 from the corners. Like that only happens five times a season for a team typically. So it was just one of those bad shooting nights where they could have been up 20 midway through the third quarter. And even if the Chris Ball injury still happens, they probably find a way to hold on to that game. But it was not one of those nights. And it was, that was the moment, right? Like we've been sitting here. Yes, the Kevin Durant game in Dallas. Yes, we've seen the clear benefits of how awesome he is already. But the specific moments that you make that trade, you trade for a superstar. It's the mid-third quarter when you're up eight, your point guard goes down, and you need someone to just carry the team for that last quarter and a half to steal the game in Denver, get it to 1-1. Now you split. Maybe you split again at home. Maybe Chris is back for game five, and it's 2-2 all of a sudden. Like That's the kind of thing that superstars can do all the time. And guess what, guys? He's done it himself all the time, but it just didn't work out last night, and just the way it happens sometimes, unfortunately. We're talking to Kellen Olsen. Uh, Kellen, the Suns definitely did fix some stuff last night. DeAndre Ayton played much better. They really did shut down Jamal Murray. Uh, they didn't allow an offensive rebound until the second half. The defense in general was better better until the fourth quarter. How much of what they did better last night, in your mind, is sustainable going forward in this series? I think it's extremely sustainable. I, I don't know how much uh, my timeline was all over Monty Williams the whole night. I didn't understand it. I don't know how much the shows are going to be on him today, but I thought that their game plan on both ends of the floor was phenomenal, and it was executed pretty much flawlessly. Like, for them to do what they did to Jamal Murray after how great he was in game one, I can't emphasize enough how smart it was to have them just, yeah, hey, throw it to him, throw it to Jokic in the mid post, let him isolate, slow down your offense, and just have him score 40. That's fine. We don't care. Aaron Gordon, take the space. That's fine. We're not letting Michael, Michael Porter Jr. Go ahead. He only had nine points in that game, but they're not going to let Jamal Murray get going. They're going to cut off the head of the snake and see if that team can survive. And and it looked like they weren't going to. And then on the other end of the floor, they really got back to driving and kicking and just getting the point five going. And I think all the credit in the world for that goes to the coaching staff. So I do think from a stylistic standpoint, Kevin and I were saying last night on the Empire of the Suns podcast, if Chris doesn't get hurt and they win that game, I'm sticking with Suns and Six. I might feel great about Suns and Five just with how stylistically superior they looked after that game and the adjustments that were made and just how fluid it looked and the coaching staff deserves a ton of credit for it so I think that's a huge bright spot for the team going into these games so if the diagnosis on Chris is okay then all right you're still in a pretty good spot but I think that's the big news that everyone's waiting on. Killer how can the Suns win this series? Can we flesh out a timeline of for Chris to simplify it? But let's say Chris misses Friday's game, but then he's back. You want to do that? No, let's let's just go ahead and say he doesn't play anymore. Are you saying they're done? Oof. Uh, Kevin Durant's the best player in the world again. That's it. Okay. <laughs> See, I, you know, just <laughs> sounds easy when you say it in one sentence. I think you. Know, well, for, it's that, it's for that me. simple, right? I mean, this is that's exactly why you made this trade. Is that he is capable of turning into that guy? Like, there's a special, special echelon. Did you, you guys saw Game Seven, Steph? Right? Like that's. 
That's it. Yes. Like the, the six, seven guys on the planet right now who at one point can, you can go, man, is he the best player in the world right now? Like the way that Anthony Davis has been playing at time for the Lakers, is like, man, is he the best player in the world right now? We've seen LeBron do that. We see Giannis have those moments. Guess what? Jokic had one of them last night where people were like, is he the best player in the world? And Kevin should be having those moments pretty routinely. We haven't seen one yet, but if they get that guy back, they can win this series still easily. Like it's, I can't emphasize enough how, how great he is and the heights that he can reach, but we just haven't seen it yet. I'm with you on that. Kellen, we appreciate it, man. Great stuff. Have a good trip home, all right? Yeah, thanks, guys. We'll see you later this week. Right. Thanks, brother. It's Kellen Olson joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Uh, when we come back, how much could that injury to Chris Paul impact the Suns' chances at making a title run this season? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns Nuggets now. I am the grassy knoll. Get off my lawn, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks to uh, Kellen Olson for joining us. And I should throw this out there, too, Wolf. We're going to have a listeners-only meeting next hour. Okay. okay. I want to kind of gauge where Suns fans are with this uh, team right now. And we're going to talk to Cardinals head coach Jonathan Gannon in the final hour. It's very show. cool. So, JG. Yes. Right now, actually, before, I, I do want to throw this at you, too. Did you see uh, the Memphis news on Dylan Brooks? I do not. Okay, this just came down like during the show. Shams tweeted out, the Memphis Grizzlies have informed pending free agent Dylan Brooks that he will not be brought back under any circumstances. League sources <laughs> there it is right there. So maybe it wasn't their choice for him to keep poking the bear. Exactly right. What are you doing? Maybe he took out the stick, metaphorically speaking, and stuck it right in LeBron's eye, and they didn't like it. Seemed but, like you he know, was once again, just doing it for himself. That's that's a situation where the coach has got to just take charge of that and say, you're not doing that. Sorry. We're not going to leave it up to chance. Well, apparently. I poke bears. Yeah, poke bears. <laughs> Even said it like bears. Poke Chicago bears. Uh, Monty Williams last night after the Suns lost talking about Chris Paul's injury. Yeah, it just looked like he was boxing out and um, he just came up where he couldn't push off of it or anything. And so um, we're not quite sure what it is right now, but it seems to be something in the growing area. So we'll find out more tomorrow. There's two things coming out of this game last night, Wolf. Okay, There was one thing I was very right on and one thing I was very wrong on. And the thing I've been right on is the most frustrating of all of them. The thing I was wrong on is I thought the Suns would win the series in six games. And yeah. I guess they technically still could, but it sure doesn't look like it at this point. They could still win the series. I don't know if they're winning yeah. it in six. Um, the thing I was right on, and I'm not the only one, is they needed to have a plan behind Chris Paul. And... I like campaign. He's a huge part of one of the biggest moments in Suns history, getting them to the finals two years ago. He was a huge part of that. I'm not saying it can't be campaign, but if you don't trust him, 
then you need to back up Chris Paul with somebody else. And honestly, even if you do, I think you still needed to go out and get a point guard at some point in the last two years. This is not revisionist history. I haven't shut up about it on this show for two years. I know. No, you've been saying it. James Jones has done an outstanding job. That is the one thing I have not understood why they have never really addressed it. And now, whether you like it or not, your season hinges on campaigns play going forward. Yeah, it just seems so nondescript. And I knew he did something. He did something. You could see it on that trip up the floor. Mm-hmm. You could see it. He, he he was walking pretty much up the floor. And you just never see Chris Paul walk up the floor. Um, and, and it almost looked like he was holding his groin as he was walking up the floor as well. This is not good. Uh, you tweak a groin. I, I don't care. I just try to go out in your garden and pot a plant with a tweak groin. You can't do it. It hurts. Trust me on that one. You, you, what do you, you, you? I don't think I've ever heard that sentence before, and I don't think I ever really? will again. Go out and pot a plant yeah, in your garden yeah, with try a tweaked groin. Right. You, you should try to do it. Man. You should You're, write fortune cookies. There'll be, a, there'll be some screams coming from the garden. Okay. <laughs> That's what I can guarantee and they you won't right be the now. Plant. And, um, I, there's, I, I don't expect to see Chris Paul in, in game three. Um, maybe even game four. Maybe even after that, depending on how bad he tweaked it. They do have the break here, right? I mean, if you were playing every other day, the game would be tomorrow. It's not. It's not till Friday. But I'm kind of with you of even if you have him for game three, is he 100%? There's almost no way, right? And this is not a like, oh, Chris Paul's getting old. No, it's not that. Any player with a tweaked groin in game two of the series isn't going to be themselves for game three of the series. So, again, whether you like it or not, campaign campaign suddenly plays a very prominent role for this team. It's just it's stunning to me that this guy, once again, here it is in the postseason, and like clockwork, like clockwork, like it was planned, which I know it wasn't, but like clockwork, here it is, injured in the playoffs. Yep. Yeah. I, and not like a that, not a weird play, not like a freak play where somebody no, undercut him while he was in the air or something. No, just absolutely bizarre that this, like I said, like clockwork is happening once again to Chris Paul. Man, I it's just it's hard to describe. It's hard to imagine right now. And you know what? He really had an impact on that game. Chris Paul. They were up when he got hurt. He's playing hard. They were up seven when he He got hurt. He moves the ball so well in this offense, even when he's not bringing the ball up, even when he's not involved in the pick and roll. He's he's moving the ball so well. Killer was talking about it as well. He had six assists, no no turnovers. Um, You know, you count on Chris Paul and the professionalism of Chris Paul and the impact that he has. I wonder I wonder what the guys inside the locker room are thinking this morning because of Chris Paul. I wonder how they're seeing this series. The desperation is certainly going to be there. That much I do know. But I, I wonder what they're thinking in regard to their chances of winning this series, of coming back in this series with Chris Paul hurt. Well, again, the good news is they have a few days to mentally work through that before game three. And um, And the reason why it's an issue is because of everything you have been talking about in regard to campaign and the backup and the bench. Well, here's uh, here is campaign 
uh, after the game last night talking about Chris Paul going out? Uh, I mean, it's tough. Um, I, was, I don't know. I was surprised. I didn't know he was out until he came back to me. So I uh, pray he get better. We got a lot of time until the next game. So praying he get that right. Devin Booker? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's an unfortunate event, obviously. Um I mean, I don't know what it is yet. You know, I haven't really got to talk to him, but you know, all we can do is hope he, you know, has a speedy recovery. Um, we're going to be behind him. We're going to hold it down while he's out, um, or if he's out, and we'll just take it from there. It's kind of hoping we would get the Dr. Booker diagnosis of, I just saw him, he's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I just saw him walking, so he's fine. Even though it wouldn't have been right, I just could have used that reassurance. Right. I, I wish it was 1988, based on audience, because um, you can shoot that thing. You can take the blue juice and... <laughs> You stick it right in there, and all of a sudden, you're ready to go. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, 19- the Suns maybe would have won the 1988 title. <laughs> 1987, I, I don't know. Can we bring back 1987 in 2023? I doubt it. I highly doubt it. But uh, I've done that myself multiple times. Shot up a strained groin. Now, if it's pulled, you're in trouble. You, you just you're in big trouble if it's pulled. Yeah. But if it's just a little tweak, if it's a strain, you can actually shoot that thing and get through it. But it's not a smart thing to do today. <laughs> yeah, it, it was then, <laughs> and and that was just a reminder last night of how much this team still needs Chris Paul. Even though you may look at the stats from night to night and be like, his stats are fine, but it's it's Booker and Durant. And it's like, yeah, but but Chris Paul. I keep coming back to this. How many jobs can you ask Devin Booker to do? Yes. Hey, Book, can you stay? Can you work yes. the weekend? Hey, Book, can you also work overnights too? Like, and but also do your job too and do it at a high level, right? Uh, can you just work all day every day? That's basically like your boss at your job out there being like, can you stay and work tonight and then tomorrow and then cover for this person and just work all day every day? Yeah. And I, listen, I know Chris Paul only played twenty five minutes, based on audience, but he was plus eight. He's the only guy that had a plus. The only guy that actually had a plus. The Suns were actually playing well and had a lead when Chris Paul was in the game. Now, again, I'm not saying it was just because of Chris Paul. KD had everything to do with it. All right, we come back. It's a very Suns-heavy show, but I mentioned we're going to have Jonathan Gannon on later on in the show. So when we come back, we want to talk through this. What is next for the Cardinals and Isaiah Simmons after they declined his fifth-year option? There's no, hey, May 2nd's the deadline. They still have time. They just flat-out declined it. So what does it mean? It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Well, if I was trying to do this feverishly during the break, because I had that NFL uh, draft trade value chart in front of me. So I was just trying to get the value of those two Cardinals trades they made with the Texans and the Lions. On Yo. draft night, yeah, I really haven't heard anybody else do this yet. I've only got through half of it, but just the trade, <laughs> just the trade with Houston. Okay, let's let's just assume that those that Houston's going to be a bottom five team next year. The Texans, right? The bottom feeders. So let's just assume that's a top five pick in the first round and a top five pick in the third round. Okay, okay. So just the trade with Houston. The Cardinals gave up. 2,284 points, and they got back 3,735 points. <laughs> right. That's not even counting the Detroit trade to move back there up. There you go. 
So, you know, that's why that that is so important, isn't it, to have that trade chart right in front of Apparently, right Houston there. didn't Jimmy have Johnson. one. The Texans did not have a trade chart in front of them. Yeah, you know what they had? They had Will Anderson right in front of them as well. They yeah. had a franchise quarterback, and they had Will Anderson in front of them. They said, this, these are the people we want to build around going forward. We'll see. I'll never, I'll never rip a team for going for it. And they are not going for it, like trying to win this year, but they right. decided we're building our offense around C.J. Stroud and our defense around Will Anderson. But credit the, the Cardinals and Monty Austin for it, for seeing what was happening. And if you believe in the whole trade value thing that the NFL teams use a lot of times when they're making trades, just based on the point value for each draft slot, the Cardinals got a huge uh, upgrade. And that doesn't even account for when they traded back up with Detroit. Now... One thing that uh, we were kind of monitoring now for a better part of two months, I remember you bringing this up a couple months ago. Hey, you know, uh, May 2nd, that's the day that they have to give uh, Isaiah Simmons. They have to exercise that option on his fifth year if they're going to do it. Well, they're not doing it. Wolf, <laughs> you and I have gone back and forth on this for two months, but now it is a moot point because they are not doing it. They declined the uh, the option, and so now... The next step is Isaiah Simmons plays for your team this year. He's going into year four. He didn't really play much in year one. He has made huge plays in year two and year three, just not consistently. And now if he has a big year this year, you better be willing to pay him. (laughs) It's going to be really, really hard to actually sign him if he's having a big year. Uh, We'll see what happens here. Um, It's what I would do with the new regime, based on it is. Uh, I've been talking about it. As Luke said, we've been going back and forth on this. Um, I'd make him adopt a prove-it mentality. I just say, basically, listen, Isaiah, we love your ability. We love you, but we don't know you, frankly. We don't. We've got a brand new defense with new schemes. We didn't draft you for that defense. We think we know where we'd like to play you, but we don't know where we'd like to play you yet because we have not played the game of football. We can project you all day long. We can look at our schemes and say this would be a good fit for you, Isaiah, but we really don't know you and we don't know how you're going to respond, especially when you don't show up. We don't know how you're going to respond to going out and putting the pads on and playing the game of football in our defensive schemes and putting you where we want to put you. So, to me, this was the inevitable. It was. This is what you had to do. You may pay for it on the backside. You may not. I think the key is you have to make sure that if this guy turns into a player, you keep him. That That's it. it, it I understand the okay. This guy's gonna we're we're gonna guarantee him twelve point seven million dollars in twenty twenty four, and we haven't even seen him play in twenty twenty three yet, and he's never played for us. I, I get it. I get that there's some hesitation there, um, but we're talking about a guy that even though he hasn't been consistent, he has two hundred four tackles over the last two years. Wolf, uh, he scored a touchdown last year and forced another touchdown in overtime by forcing that fumble that Byron Murphy picked up. This is a playmaker on defense. I have. Very little doubt that this guy's going to be a playmaker on defense for a good chunk of years in the NFL. Mm. I understand the the new regime stepping in. Like if this was the old regime and they didn't extend it, I'd be livid. But it, the new I get it because he's never played for them. I think the biggest part of this now is internally you have to have that discussion of we're banking on this guy 
getting better. And if he does, we have to keep him. We can't keep drafting guys and developing them for other teams. You can't. We just watched Hassan Reddick almost win the Super Bowl for the Eagles. I don't want to see Isaiah Simmons on the Eagles in two years. Yeah, um, it's exactly the reason why I would take him and stick him in one position. And say this is it. I'm with you. I, I, I'm just you. honestly right now. You've I'm been saying that for a while. Too. I, absolutely. I, I from the very first day he showed up here, I, I told, I said, don't do that. Don't move them all over the place. Stick them in one position and let them master that position. Jack of all trade, master of none. You know, you, you don't want that. You want a guy who's a master of one. Okay, that's great. He's playing weak side, inside linebacker. Leave him there. Leave him there and tell him, you've got to be able to take on the ISO, by the way. When they get in an I formation and they put a fullback in a three-point stance, guess what? He's coming at you. You've got to learn how to take that ISO on, fill that hole, get off the block, and still make a play. You, you, okay, hey, listen, you, you're going to have to cover backs and tight ends. You're going to have to be able to do this from off the ball. This is what you've I mean, you got to stick him in one spot and let him totally acclimate himself to that one spot before you start moving him around. I understand it was there. Listen, Vance Joseph is so smart, ladies and gentlemen. He really is. He's an excellent defensive coordinator. This is a guy that wanted to move him around and take advantage of all the skills that Isaiah Simmons has. And I, I understand that mentality to a certain degree. But if a guy hasn't mastered one position yet, why move him around to other positions? Unless you're hoping he's somehow, some way going to master playing safety. Which, uh, again, I no, I'd stick him at the weak side inside, and I'd look at him and I'd say, this is where you're going to sink or swim. I demand you take this block on and you play physically. That's part of the job description. You've got to fill it. You got to. You got to challenge people. Well, now, now you're seeing the ramifications of it too. Because look, we we've both been saying this for a couple of years, but admittedly, it carries more weight coming from you because you've played in the league, and so you you can see the intricacies of what may or may not happen here. But there's a lot of people who have different opinions that are coaching in the well, league. And that's, there are, Luke. But, so, you know, I, w- I want to be fair here. This is just my opinion. Okay? It doesn't make me right. It just makes it my opinion. No, but look at the, the awkward position it has put the Cardinals in now. We're three years in. They still don't know what they have. Because they were trying to make him three different players. Pick a spot. and at least It hasn't you, worked. If you didn't want to do it the first year... Whatever, but you needed to pick a spot by year two, and I get all all those people that were in charge are not here anymore. But now it puts this new regime in a real awkward spot because absolutely, if Isaiah Simmons gets really good this year, and he's like, "No, you guys had your chance. I'm testing free agency," and the Baltimore Ravens come along next year, and he's the amazing player that a lot of us still believe he's going to be, it makes this regime look bad. But it's not, or they're the ones that are going to have to take the heat. But it's yeah. not really their fault. They're yeah. not the ones that that messed around for three years. Like, hey, maybe you're a cornerback today. Here's the one thing about it too: um, Isaiah Simmons has personal responsibility in this whole thing as well. Base and Orleans never forget that he has shown a penchant for making a big play. He has, but consistently, he could play a lot better. 
he could play a lot better. And I hope Isaiah Simmons would be the first one to tell you that. Well, but to, back to your point, if he was playing one position, maybe he would be a lot more consistent. And, and that's why I'd love to try him out in that situation. But I'd also love for Isaiah Simmons to be mature enough to understand you got a new regime coming in here. You got a brand new regime coming in here. They have no tie to Isaiah Simmons, none whatsoever, other than prove it, Isaiah. They have no tie to that whatsoever. Monty Ford doesn't. This is a brand new defense. How are you going to acclimate yourself to this brand new defense, Isaiah? He, he, I, I would love to see him be very mature and take a professional approach on this thing. Hey, listen, if they don't pick up his option, which they didn't, and you are put out there on the edge, you go out there and you have, you're playing well and you're responding, um, yeah, you know what? Listen to the Arizona Cardinals. Don't you rule them out that you wouldn't come back. Why? Because they sat here and made you prove that you could actually acclimate yourself to this defense? Well, and this is the stuff that, that you know, it, you're not, not ever going to know. Mature. Well, you hope that when they declined it, they talked to him and they're like, look, we, we're interested. We'd like right. to keep you around and maybe we revisit this halfway through the season or something. Like, open yes. those lines of communication now. And again, we're going to talk to Jonathan Gannon later on in the show, so we're certainly going to ask him about Isaiah Simmons. But he's not the one, he's not the general manager either. But he's going to have, look, when they hired Jonathan Gannon, the first player a lot of us thought of was, oh, he's going to fix Isaiah Simmons. I mean, he just had Hassan Reddick. What could he do with Isaiah Simmons? Yes, I know. I understand that. Yet at the same time, I'd love for Isaiah Simmons to say, you know what, I'm not going to adopt this. You know, oh, okay. You didn't believe in me. You didn't believe in me. So now I'm going to go somewhere else. I hope he doesn't adopt that mentality. Because if that's what it is right there, oh, oh, so I see. You weren't playing hard. You weren't playing the way that we wanted you to play. Because what? You weren't poked in the face? That annoys me. Well, there have been plenty of players in the league that haven't had their fifth-year option picked up, and then they end up staying with that team. So it's not it's not done, but now it gets a and lot That's why easier. I hope he's going to be mature about it, yeah. professional. I'm with you. When we come back, how much trouble are the Phoenix Suns in? We're going to ask the co-host of Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Jay Williams will join us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.